0: About
1: you. Uh, I don't have too much knowledge about this except that. uh, Well, it's in California. (laughs) You're in
2: California.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 58 of the More Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hey there. And I'm also joined by our co-host in Seattle, Washington, Jaime Lopez. How's it going? And once again, we have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All righty then. I posted something this week about, uh, I think it was after a couple of days of iOS 9 being out, that the... Adoption rates are off the charts or are better than, than they were for iOS 8 or even iOS 7. What do you guys, I think you were mentioning that earlier, too. Jaime, what were you going to say about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it, Apple itself said it was um, higher than the uptake was for um, iOS 8, which even though iOS 8 itself was slower than 6 and 7, it was still yeah. a phenomenal uptake. And now it's so looking at the mixed panel here. Um, 43.45% as of today, which is Wednesday the 23rd. Which right. is, I mean, that's incredible, right? So, yeah. I mean, to see that sort of uptake happen is uh, it's fantastic for everybody. Yeah. yeah.
1: According to this, we're only a day or two away from having more iOS 9 installs and iOS 8 installs.
3: Yeah. It's just about to cross, right? So, iOS 8 yep. is 48.8% right now. Yep. Yep. And you follow the two lines and see, and tomorrow is when you, we would expect them to, to cross. Right. That's huge for developers, right? So, of course, if you've got legacy stuff that needs to support, um, you know, an existing app that already needs to support iOS 8 and 7 and maybe even 6 going that far back, you know, newer stuff is going to be good for you for sure. I would propose that if you're creating a brand new app, you shouldn't even consider anything other than iOS 9 as your baseline. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have so much of the market. Like if you literally just started today, I would say it takes you a month or two to do an app. You're already mm-hmm. going to be at 60, 70% iOS 9. Why would you have the legacy stuff to begin with? Why not take advantage of StackView, for example, that are wrangling with the uh, auto layout?
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, y- usually I like to wait a little bit just because there's always that tail, but, but uh, this year it doesn't look like it's that way.
0: Well, do you, do you think that that has something to do with maybe? Uh, well, I know that Watch 2.0 is a big consideration for, for the people who bought the watches. I mean, you know, after I'm done the podcast today, I'm going to be upgrading my phone to iOS 9 and
3: and my watch to 2.0. Have you have you guys gone? Have you done that yet on your devices? I've done Watch OS 2, but I'm not sure that that would be a significant enough number of users to really yeah. cause people to up to, to cause this amount of upgrade, right? Because yeah, what other? Let's say 10 million watches, right, out there.
1: I think it was the public beta. It's been out there oh. long enough, people words gotten around that it's good, it's solid, no big issues. Uh, right, right. Uh so it's safe to do.
0: Uh, that's a good point. Un- yeah. Unlike iOS
1: 8, right? Well,
0: cuz I mean the the thing is the the the, inter- the big announcement they just did with the iPhone um, 6s and sit, or- yeah, success and success plus i mean most of what i've heard is it's been been lackluster not much as you know even apple sort of saying there's not a huge change but they're they're pointing to certain things that are only really relevant to that model but you think that kind of that marketing or that message is getting out to people in terms of whether they should uh update
1: yeah and they're saying things like you'll have improved battery life and and mm. you know it's good for older devices and all of this just it sounds very comforting and very good, so so people are probably and there's been no there's been no major issues uh, reported right except yeah. for the the install one at the very beginning, yeah, but once it was installed, it seems like it's fine for pretty much everyone so one issue where some people weren't actually able to connect uh and well either weren't able to connect to the servers or there was a, a, some kind of a you know almost bricking that would happen if to a very few people. Where it would just kind of get stuck, and and the only way to fix it was to restore your phone.
0: This is the iOS nine update, or this is iOS nine about? I'm talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. are we talk yeah. about iOS eight. No, yeah. no, I, I did I did hear something about iOS nine, but I didn't get the details. So
1: right. But everything I've heard about iOS nine is once it's installed, it's it's pretty good. You know, so there's there's yeah. no, no one's reporting any big issues.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've not Which seen right? any issues myself. I I would say that the update process could be a little better because it's kind of scary it kind of looked like the phone wasn't doing anything for about 20 minutes oh really you know there was no the progress bar wasn't moving at all and yeah went and had dinner or something and came back oh it's, <laughs> it's done great like the old days yeah
1: i actually just uh i guess i learned from from history to not try to watch it while it's going you know you find mm-hmm. find a time when you have something else you have to do for an hour or so and just let it go and then come back yeah. and, and everything's happy so that's what I did. I didn't. I didn't notice anything
0: like that. Yeah, I updated my iPad um, a week, a week and a half ago, I guess. So, uh, so I was kind. Of, I'm kind of used to it. So to, to do that, but uh, and I've been a bit a little leery about it. With with you know now I've got Xcode six, Xcode seven, and uh, the beta for seven point one on my machine, and I, I just updated that yesterday, and it was like a little leery because I still need to build towards iOS eight, and then and apparently I heard that uh, if you're running Elk app, you can't um, target ios 8 at all now apparently did you guys hear
2: that i don't believe that's true tim yeah i because i'm i'm targeting ios 8 in a project and i'm on lcap all, all in right now are you oh yeah. well you are on the
0: new oh okay right right hmm so maybe not yeah. a functional
2: difference but is there a bug
3: because there, there have been major bugs during the summertime with El Capitan and xcode yeah
2: yeah i heard about that but uh yeah like i held off on Cap until last week so uh, right. i think they've resolved all of that now
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I'm actually still in Yosemite, and I cannot uh, build against iOS 8 in Xcode 7. I have to go back to Xcode 6. Really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, uh, I'm... Uh, hmm. sounding like that's unusual. I should check on that, I guess.
0: Well, no, I mean, I, I, when I... when I Because my first, first thing was I renamed my Xcode 6.4. I called it Xcode, Xcode 6, and when I launched it, I couldn't get the simulators to load... So what I did was I installed iOS seven or Xcode seven, and then I, uh, I renamed that one seven just in case, right? And uh, once I put my name back, my Xcode six back to, to it's just native name. It seemed to load the simulators fine. And then I have a few devices that are iOS nine already. Now I'm actually able to build against those if you have Xcode seven installed already. Strangely enough, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, so because they kind of share the same um, developer directory, right? So yeah. for resources. So that mm-hmm. may be why. Somehow I've ended up with with two copies of, of eight. I've got eight point three and eight point four on my simulators right now, and I gotta remember. I can't remember how to go in and delete those out, but I will. Um, but I, while we're on the subject of S code, so I don't have any, I don't know any details about this these uh, exploited applications. Do you guys, have you guys guys been following that at all? Or
2: yeah, um, but it's I don't know. I feel like it's pretty overblown. Is it, is it like a, is
0: it like an outlier case? Like people were like, how were these, maybe people were getting Xcode from some other
1: source or something like that? Yeah. That's, so, that's what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it
2: was. Yeah. So, um, this, this was affect, this was affecting developers in China. Oh. So, uh, developers in China who wanted to download Xcode uh, found that doing so from getting it from Apple servers, because, you know, it's uh, multiple gigabytes of data, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, So, they were finding somehow uh, local mirrors of Xcode, and these mirrors Um. of Xcode had been compromised. Right. um, In, you know, a very subtle way, you know, I think very clever, Hmm. such that uh, it wouldn't appear to be off, but. When you built an application using that compromised Xcode, it would inject something. Hmm. We don't know what into the compiled app. Uh, that app would go into the app store, and it was undetected by app review. Right, right. So you know, it turns out that many apps developed in China um, <laughs> have have this little payload in it, um, which is unknown as far as I know. Like we, I have not heard what the nature of the payload is. Right. Right. Um, Apple says that it's ha- harmless, so it might just be, have been a proof of concept at this point. Hmm. Um, but have, they've since come out uh, with a tool or instructions on how to use the existing tools to determine whether your copy of Xcode is legit or not. Right, right. And we might put a link in the show notes for that.
1: I, I heard, and this is unconfirmed, but, but I heard what happens uh, if you run the apps is it would just pop up in a web view and take you to some web page. Uh, and you, as a developer, would never know that this is happening because it, it was only on App Store versions.
2: Yeah. Right. Interesting. So, my, my,
0: I tried that test the the tool out because that's why I put the link here because it's got a link link to that in the in the show notes. But um, my problem is is that a lot of times I've gone into my gateway and turned off, you know. Only let legitimate, you know, Apple-stamped software on my device because sometimes people send me beta software to test out. And, and oh, you mean Gatekeeper, right? Yeah, Gatekeeper. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, yeah, and it, it, you know, if you if you if you say yeah, sure, whatever, let that run. I've I've had a few packages in the past that I have to use that, you know, don't because it's not signed by uh, signed by Apple or signed by however the the process for the Mac Store is. You know, um, so you can't run the test if you have that turned off. Like it, it can't check your because apparently it needs that somehow to test your xcode. Very strange, yeah. Because I tried that. I tried that test out yesterday.
3: The, the reporting on this has been rather inconsistent. Um, the only things that I happen to know are: we know for sure in terms of you know major app impact, uh, the messaging app WeChat, which is very popular in China, yeah. mm-hmm. as well as the Chinese version of Angry Birds 2, uh, were impacted, um, right. uh, as well as others, but. A, According to the reporting, it was dramatic drop off after those two as the big hitters. The part that's a little bit less clear is exactly what was uh, what was it capable of doing. There were some spots that reported that the uh, the device's ID, like the actual, was it the UDID was being captured in some sort of way, and others that were saying no, it was actually the advertiser for vendor being captured. Which it's hard to say what's what's the correct thing here. I would assume that Apple's own uh, automated systems would catch the use of the banned UDID collection, right? They they moved us all away from that in iOS six, I think. Ooh.
2: Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I had never heard any reliable reports about what the actual consequences are. Just the nature of the issue itself.
0: Right, right. And we all got emails from Apple yesterday. Did oh you, no! You didn't get an email from Apple. You didn't get
2: one. Now Apple hates me. Remember? So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. List. What, what yeah. is this email you're talking about?
0: Aaron's on that list. Um, I must be.
2: You know, don't win any lotteries and uh, no, no,
0: don't send. Maybe anybody.
3: maybe you don't win the lot. Maybe you have been winning the lotteries, but you don't know because your email <laughs> is set up incorrectly. Ah, like I there's a sure. typo in your, in your half I, full I email. I get the few
2: emails. I do, I never get the winning emails. Uh, okay. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough.
3: Yeah, but what we're talking about is. Um, you know, the, the email address I have associated with my uh, Apple developer account was sent an email. I don't have it in front of me, but it said something like, hey, you should go take a look at this information and verify that the copies of Xcode that you have are actually really truthful and as advertised and aren't the Xcode ghost um, hacked versions that were floating around. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a link in the show notes for folks who, uh, like Aaron, did not get the email or may have lost it.
2: No, I never, I yeah, never received the that subject email. Subject
0: matter is validating your, validating your version of Xcode is what the, email, the subject matter of that email was. Yep.
3: I
2: got a
0: oh, device. and of course, it wasn't even sent to me. It was sent to my other account, which always gets stuff before I do alphabetically like. Maybe it's because your
2: last name is Vay. I've yet to receive the email, is that what you're saying?
0: Well, you no, come- I mean, I can tell you, like, have, I have a developer account that, that the, the name begins with D, and it always comes to that one first, and uh, uh, that email account always gets notifications before my own personal one. In fact, even notices like, you know, WWDC tickets are going on sale, my personal, my, my real Apple ID account will get email after they're all sold out, you know? Hmm. So they seem to have a really wonky uh, mail server system over there at Apple
2: well they are sending out probably hundreds of thousands of emails yeah we should feel sorry for them oh they, yeah they, i feel they don't have, for them. They don't have oh. enough
0: money to fix that problem nope nope well speaking of people not being able to fix problems um should we talk about marco's uh peace
2: um <laughs> withdrawal good segue there tim thank you <laughs> uh sure okay that so this was a pick on last week's show that I made uh, when iOS nine was introduced and opened up the market for ad blockers and mm-hmm. uh, Marcos was based on the popular Mac uh, extension Ghostery and I was recommending it because it has what I feel is an excellent corpus of uh, trackers and advertisers that can be blocked in in the browser. And Marco's Peace was the uh, exclusive provider of that corpus. So uh, it made for uh, a good choice on iOS. Now, uh, when when uh, Peace went live in the App Store, it, it rocketed to the number one spot in the top selling list. Was mm-hmm. it top selling or top grossing, perhaps? But um, anyway, it was at the top of some list. Top paid. Uh, paid, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it was making obviously, a fair amount of money, you would imagine. Um, I don't know exactly what, but mm-hmm. many, many, many thousands of dollars, let's just put it that way. And, yeah. uh, you know, so hooray for Marco, right? It's yeah. good for Marco, it's good good for Marco, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> three days after that, or maybe not even... Two days, yeah. Two days. He uh, posted a, a, a post on his blog uh, mm-hmm. saying, it just doesn't feel good. And wherein he describes his sentiments about uh, ad-blocking technology, even though he agrees with the technology itself, he is unhappy profiting from uh, selling that technology to users. Right. So he pulled Peace from the App Store. And on top of that, he encouraged everyone to get a refund from Apple. And -hmm. then uh, in the ensuing days... Uh, actually was successful in getting Apple to automatically issue every purchaser an automatic refund. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though, like, when I saw that, and having bought it myself and, and you know, spent my hard-earned $3.50... Yeah, I'm currently uh, I, using it myself. Yeah, exactly. I'm still using it. I had no intention of getting a refund, but I got one anyway. And, yeah. of course, I still have the app. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, this, to me... uh is is a little unfortunate for him to feel that way like you know i'm not going to control what marco thinks and uh, i'm not going to judge him uh but i think this decision is a lot easier for someone to make when money doesn't really matter to them you know <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> like he's yeah. he's he's already he's already got tons of money let's put it that way not not yacht and helicopter money <laughs> to right. uh, to to use his his term for it but uh, he's clearly doing just fine, thank you very much. And right. uh, the revenues earned from peace uh, are not sufficiently interesting to change his, his ideology on this matter. And so uh, what I personally think happened is that he got some backlash from people that he likes to stay close to, uh, his, his homies, his buddies in the journalism field uh, decided that he wanted to stay on their side of this. Uh, I was and- supposed to be
0: biting the hand that feeds them. You mean? Certainly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, mm.
2: you know, there, there are circles on the the web, right. On or, or in our community and, you know, like high school <laughs> and, um, you know Marco travels in that circles with you know people like John Gruber and Jason Snell and Federico Vitici and um, you know Renee Ritchie uh, you know and these people are, are journalists you know they they make their living on advertising on their website right and uh, peace essentially enabled it enabled users to take away that money from those. From those people, uh, I believe that was his motivating factor. He never actually states that per se no, no. but that's that's my explanation for what happened he uh he's He's pulled it off the store he's lost probably tens of thousands of dollars, you know, and uh, he's moving on to, with his life. I find it frustrating you know personally just because uh you know he's he, just because he's in a position to uh to get a number one hit on the app store Mm-hmm. You know, that dream, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. And then just say, no, no, not interested.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, my personal opinion on that is, is if, you're, if you're not happy making the money the way you're doing, rather than throwing it in our faces, as it were, I mean, do something good with it. Give it to App Camp for Girls or buy wells in Africa or something, you know?
2: I guess, yeah, you sure, know, sure, you know. You but know, Do something this, good with it. I, could, I can't imagine a, a greater case of that's fine for Marco than what we just saw over the last few days. Hmm. And that was so fine for Marco. I I can't imagine many other developers making that choice.
3: No, I think it's definitely uh, an ethical quandary, right? So ethics are always part of what we do. Um, I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as as folks on either side of the debate maybe have have made it. But, um, you know, I I think there's still legitimate use for these things. And looking at the top of the charts right now on top of paid is, surprise, surprise, Crystal, the other, the number two previous Um, content blocker and within the top 10 it's at number seven is purify the other competitor? so i mean people still clearly want this and you know there's still an opportunity out there if if you wanted to create the number one content blocker ad blocker you could still do that right now and the number one number one with a bullet has left the market so take i think i think it it says
0: more about as opposed to what apps are making the most money, or whatever, or the fact you have an opportunity to make a great amount of money, what what it says is that people clearly want to block this kind of content on their devices, right? They're willing to pay for it, right? They're willing to like we have a toll road here north of Toronto where you can pay, you know, twelve dollars or whatever to 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 ride on. Uh, and more avoid like all but but avoid all the, avoid all the nightmare tra- uh, the traffic extra traffic that's on the Well, I have a transponder so
2: I get a no break, no right? from end to end it 's like twenty five to thirty dollars still people, people like, are people
0: yes. are people are willing to pay that to avoid getting stuck in bogged down in traffic. clearly, people are willing to pay to avoid that kind of stress and pain in their life right, and people are willing to pay to avoid having. Uh, needless ads. That said, I also have very many people in the journalism business and journalism is dying because their only ad mod- their only revenue model has been advertising since Adam was a boy. Right. You know, you have classified sections make money for papers and, you know, the, the ads in the back, the glossy ads in the back of the newspapers make money for papers. That's how they make the they they put your product in front of a, a many, many people. Right. Like we said over the last couple of weeks, it, advertising on the Web has gotten out of hand. Right? And, and it's, it's worked its way into our phones, which we're paying for. We're paying for data packages. We're paying for uh, needless stuff. I mean, so you know, we pay for all those ads to get downloaded to our devices if we're not blocking them, right? So, there's, a,
1: there's a link in the, uh, in the notes that shows, granted, this is taken from Purify's website. So take it with a grain of salt. But it shows the response times for page loads with and without uh, both the, the Purify and the Crystal uh, app installed. Uh, and it's just versus no no blocker at all. It's it's just astounding.
0: Well, it's just it's the page times, but it's also the, I mean how much data is there? I mean yeah, okay, I'm going yeah. to one page. Maybe it's a a couple of kilobytes worth of extra data, but that added up over a year's time. Right. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you pay people pay. Like I mean, most of the people I know. I mean, I pay a lot of money for my data package because I want to have a lot. Of, I want to have it available to me. But there are people who just simply cannot afford to pay more than you know five or, or get a one one uh, five twelve k or twelve five 12 meg plan <laughs> or one gig me- plan there there are people who get those right i mean you know because they they just don't see the justification but if if all you're doing is downloading extra baggage with your device it's like you know what do we complain about windows it's all the bloatware that comes with a windows machine right well now we're getting bloatware in the way in the certain terms of ads and things that we're not we don't want to know about and i'm I'm done with Facebook watching what I do on the web and then telling me when I go to Facebook, oh, by the way, here's this product you just looked at five minutes ago. I'm done with that kind of behavior. That's why I have ad blockers on my devices.
2: And never mind the, the quantifying. Like, go, let's go qualifying. Sure. Uh, how does it feel? Have you noticed, like, using ad blockers in the last week? You know, it's been a week now.
0: But yeah, no, you're right. It, it totally, totally feels great not to have to, to wade through all the extra, extra
2: cruft. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it just the web pages snap open now. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Whatever Apple's doing to enable the ad block technology mm-hmm. uh, does not seem to burden the CPU very much. Um, and it's definitely making a huge difference in the performance of, of my device, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, just, just qualitatively, the ad block technology and, you know, having a good ad blocker uh, is, is a huge, huge benefit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean admittedly like Marco says in his in his uh post if there was a bit more granular control then then that's you know or if you could if you could whitelist like the desktop yeah. tool gives you more control you can decide which blocker which trackers to block and which ones to let through and you can whitelist websites and stuff like that but there yeah. doesn't seem to be that kind of control in the yeah. In the ad blocker technology on iOS, right? So.
2: That's right. You know, and I I actually was on day one tweeting at him to add, you know, just to whitelist this sure. site, you know, like yeah. that that alone would probably do a lot so you could support the sites that you wanted to support.
0: And it's not like you didn't have the funding to develop that. No kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh anyway, that's not gonna happen. Um meanwhile, I mean anyone who's got it, uh basically got peace for free. Mm. You know, so uh take that 350 or 299 US and sock it away in a interest bearing account and you know maybe one day you'll be loaded or you can just you know buy another app with it
0: <laughs> or have a new phone or an iPad Pro or yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but it's is to me I feel like the whole thing is just a shame it's a real shame because it uh, it didn't have to happen that way at all yeah um, no. either he could have you know really you know <laughs> developing an iOS app you know it kind of takes some effort <laughs> so yes, yes. It, it would it, it behooves you to think about whether it's actually something you want to do before you do it, right? Right. So going through the effort to do it and then two days after it's out pulling it, uh, you know, crazy, just crazy. And I guess it's because it was so successful. Yeah.
0: It's like the Flappy Bird dude, you know, pulling Flappy Birds yeah. back in the day. I mean, yeah. he, I think I think he did it for not understanding the cultural reason for why people were saying they were upset with it when they were actually just kidding. But you know,
2: yeah, I think that's very similar, very similar. Hmm.
0: I mean, it, it, it these definitely a first world problem, as mean would say. No kidding. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a first world problem we'd all like to have. You know. Boy, would we ever?
3: <laughs> I mean, if I was in that position, I, I'd let that sucker roll. Let me just tell you right now. Damn right. If I was a developer of Peace, it will stay up there. I don't care if The Verge, and, and unfortunately, because, you know, Renee Ritchie and company are real nice people, like, mm-hmm. if everything burns to the ground, it's like, well, that's an unfortunate side effect,
2: right? But yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's going to happen anyway, whether you're a product out there or not.
0: But it's one thing to profit from, from what you're doing. It's another thing to turn around and take that profit and use it for good, right? So, I mean, if, yeah, if he felt bad about making this money, maybe he should have invested in iMore or he should have invested in The Verge or something like that, right? Or, like I said, taking that money and done something good with it.
1: And, and you know, there's, there's actually an easy solution for any, anyone who's losing money due to advertising uh, loss in this, and it's just make a native app to do what your mobile website does because ads are not blocked in, the, in native apps.
2: right. Yeah. Easier said than done, of course, but, uh, one does not simply make a native app. (laughs)
1: Well, there's lots of people around who will help you with that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I know at least four people who will help you with that. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty expensive though. Uh, it is, you know, like if I'm in their position, um, I really ought to have begun doing this years ago. Right. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm sitting here now and like all I have is a website, You know, I'm thinking, I'm really thinking twice about whether I should go with a a, a native app or not, because that's a really hard decision, right? Because, uh, look at Macworld, for example, the magazine folded, the website, uh, has sort of descended into this very problem that we're talking about. They're one of actually the worst offenders when it comes to sort of poor behavior, if you will, in terms of, uh, advertising and uh, autoplaying video, for example, uh, they put a little toaster across the bottom right of the screen, drives me nuts, um, this thing little pops out as you scroll down the page. Um, you know, the, the you might also like taboo lads, you know, the, the crap, you know. Um, but they've had an app all along. Uh, the Macworld app uh, has been around probably for as long as the iPad's been around. Um, and it's just, to me, I, I have a hard time contemplating uh, producing something like that because it feels like a silo, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas the web is is rich and hyperlinked. But an app is a silo that you have to decide to go into. Uh and I think it's kind of analogous to the way the problems that we had with newsstand when it was out, right? That was like a special silo that you had to like decide to go into to read magazines or publications for that matter. Or build but, apps for as well. I mean it was a challenge you had to do that. Build specifically for the for that target, right? Any any kind of publication magazine thing, um isn't really Uh, web connected. I guess we can do it now, right? Because deep linking is now available uh, in iOS 9. Uh, So that becomes more feasible. So for example, like the way that you often get into articles is via uh, social media, like on Twitter. So like I'm reading uh, a tweet stream and somebody posts a link to a Macworld article, and I would click that. And instead of opening in my browser, it would open in the Macworld app, for example. Uh, So that actually does improve things. It's still a very difficult thing to contemplate, I think, because what benefit does it offer, you know, except as a a special place that you can go and read an article and be exposed to the ads? You know, if there is going to be an app for publication, I feel like it needs to do much more than just be like a printed newspaper version of your website.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously there's there's a paradigm shift happening in, in, uh, and has been happening for a while in in journalism and and Websites and stuff like that, but it's it's got to change to something else that makes that's going to make money, or it's going to go away at the end of the day, right? Um, but the whole, I mean, the reason why we have reader the reader version of websites is to avoid the advertising. The reason why we have RSS feeds is to avoid advertising. You know? Yeah. So. So there's obviously there's they're they're missing the point and and it's not so much that it's also that you know there's there's all these clickbaity kind of uh, things on the web that you know when you go to them it's like you know here's one one tenth of the of the information we're going to give you and here's a whole bunch of ads and click this next page to load another tenth and see a bunch of other ads and usually by the time you're you're on the second page you're like okay I'm done
3: with this website
2: you know so yeah yeah it's definitely not clear where the answer is
3: I think there's going to be a consolidation for sure right like. The worst parts of what we're talking about with advertising are a result of the consolidation into these advertising networks, right? So, as Renee Ritchie himself points out, like he does not sell ads on iMore, right? Like, he it just as part of an ad network, and they serve them whatever. He has limited ability through their dashboard type mechanisms. Say, hey, you know, well, I don't want pornography, I don't want drugs, or whatever. I, I've never used these myself, so I don't really know, but I can. Speculate and imagine as to the kind of things it would say, right? Huggies.com. I probably don't want things that are not family-friendly, for example. But that's not the way it always was before, right? So, if you're serving an ad, you know, from your own servers yourself, there's absolutely nothing, you know, other than full-on removing images that a content blocker can do. It wouldn't right. be able to discern, you know, an ad on your own personal site as being an ad that you put there in the HTML yourself or the CMS it's all of these third-party ones that are easy to to identify oh google analytics which is a tracker right um sure yeah all these other ones that say you know hey punch the monkey and win an iphone kind of things Uh, (laughs) the the real terrible ones that were slowing down look at the verge i mean (laughs) 10 seconds for heaven's sake if you want to make an ipad air 2 the top of the line model feel slow go load the verge on safari and, and get frustrated um, yep. which is not the case when you remove all the, the crappy abusive ads, right? The yeah. abusive privacy piece, which uh, I think is near and dear to to some people's hearts. Uh, certainly folks who are listening to this kind of podcast are going to be disproportionately concerned about that, but most people really don't care about that, right? That That's kind of one of the, the lower-level ones. The performance part, people definitely care a lot about, right? Nobody wants a slow phone. Nobody wants an LTE plan that gets sucked up with, you know, two gigabytes for every one megabyte of actual real content that you consumed that's true yeah i think one of the things that that folks are missing in well two things really that that folks are missing is one just like with every other business there isn't any sort of you don't have a human right to have a website out there that's earning money right you've got to fight your piece of the pie just like everything else right like we talk about you know opening a restaurant sort of thing if uh the verge and a couple of these other sites go away that's rather unfortunate that people's lives will be impacted but Oh well, they 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 lost in the in the competition, right? And I think part of that is is a fault of you know themselves for not spending the time and money to have you know an advertising department that would actually sell ads because that's that's something you could do, right? So like mm-hmm, Alex mm-hmm. Friedman, who now owns basically a podcast uh, advertising network company, sort of what he does, right? He found his way to get his piece of the pie, mm-hmm. right? By by doing that service on behalf of others, and there are certainly folks who do advertising in their own podcasts, on their own websites, it it can be done. It's harder to make huge amounts of money, but you could still make a living from it, obviously. And the other thing I think that folks are missing is it's not as if advertising should be unnecessarily a bad word. It became a bad word because of all the crazy abuses, right? We went through all of the popover things until finally browser (laughs) makers said, forget that, you know, all pop-ups blocked and it didn't destroy, you know, the web, right? The web was perfectly just fine. I think the same thing here with this. Removing the ads won't destroy the web. The web would be just fine. People will readjust to a new status quo.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
3: what we need to do is we need to turn advertising into more of a you know, recommendation system, right? You should be showing me things that I could reasonably be caring about. Mm-hmm. It's because I visit The Verge, and just because The Verge has a whole bunch of money that it received from Samsung, I will never buy a Samsung device. Why are you showing me this enormous ad? It's a popover video, when I just wanted to read one article, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a huge waste. Instead, what you should be doing is, you know, we talked about the Apple TV last week. Um, I happen to be using the Roku myself. I love it. I love, love, love that device. About one third of that Roku's home screen is reserved for advertising space. Hmm. And what goes there is, you know, hey, you know, transparent now on Amazon video. Hey, you know, this new movie that just came out now available on Netflix, hmm. right? And I've noticed they're really good at picking out the things that I would reasonably be interested in. Probably through tracking, right? Like they certainly can tell, all these different providers can tell, what am I watching? Am I watching Narcos on Netflix? Am I watching Boardwalk Empire on Amazon Instant Video? Sure. And and certainly there's a privacy aspect to that. But on the flip side of it, I've found several videos or several TV shows that I've wanted to watch through that advertising. And it's done in a a simple banner that's kind of unobtrusive right it doesn't pop into my way and prevent me from getting to the channel i wanted to get to it's kind of there off to the side so it can suffer from banner blindness of course but that just means they do they have to do and have done a better job of choosing things that not only are relevant to me but presenting them in this nice beautiful almost like the Artwork you see out in front of, or the movie posters you see out in front of the theater, right? You like, think, right. oh wow, this Godzilla 2015. Come, oh, looks <laughs> pretty cool. I'm going to go watch that. Right? People love that sort of stuff. People buy that sort of stuff and put it up on their walls. Right? So, so I think relevancy and just not being douchebags about it.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right.
3: There's totally totally
0: a need for curated experiences, like we've talked about the, the mailing lists a couple of weeks ago with Natasha the robot and and Brian Gillum with his his watch kit one um, and the one was not a Apple apps. Apple TV, one we talked about last week as well, right? right? I mean, those kind of things where where they're they're gathering information or gathering stuff that you may be interested in and presenting it to you, and it's your choice to go and look at it or not, you know. Um, it sounds like this Roku way of advertising makes sense. And I'll be honest, I mean, I have actually followed through on ads that I see on on the sides of websites from on if they're relevant to what I'm doing or or there's something that's of interest to me. But, and I do realize that, you know, when I click on that ad, that somebody's getting paid for that, you know? Um, I'm also, you know, I use iAds in some of my apps and when I see an iAd on somebody else's app that I know, I take a second and click on that thing so they get their, their you know, one millionth of a Bitcoin paid out to them, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that there's a, there's a I think maybe curated experiences is the, is the way that things have to go because it, it's just become a wild west of of this pop up and that pop up and you know apparently there's a whole bunch of women waiting outside my door who want to have relations with me you know all to, all the time you know according to some of these websites I go to you know <laughs> and I'm not talking about you know I'm just talking about regular websites right so sure you um, are Tim yeah yeah <laughs> I got them from the show notes you put in there last time Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's like, I, I I think I complained about this a couple of years ago. I was, I was actually doing some research on a, on a, on a present for my wife for Christmas. And then she, you know, logs onto, onto Facebook using my account. Cause we, again, we've talked about that before, but, and there on the side of the page is the thing that I actually literally just bought her on Amazon. I mean, you know, talk about spoiling the
2: surprise. Oh, And never mind that. I mean, what's even the point if you've bought it? Why are they at now advertising? Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah ads have, are stupid
0: well it's, i mean like I, I was just thinking about this today i, I just i have an, a political affiliation we have an election coming up here soon too and and uh you know yeah i threw five bucks at these guys to sort of you know you know throw my piece into the into their campaign and they've been just inundating me with emails and you know every day four or five emails like, you know what enough i'm unsubscribing like you you you're probably still going to get my vote but you're being a pain in the ass about it. you're preaching to the choir you know makes no sense nope what else can we talk about car
2: (laughs) car car
0: car let's talk about so so for mark you play did you ever play road hockey when you were a kid a little bit yep yeah and Jaime, do you
3: know what road hockey is like wayne's world (laughs) where wayne and garth were in the road when we
0: when we all grew up we were we're not allowed to do this anymore it's illegal in toronto apparently to play road hockey now but when we were kids we'd have these little nets that we you know little Made out of like a tube with some string on them, and you get a tennis ball, and a bunch of people would run out and play hockey all day long, in, in the in the road in front of your house, right? And when a car came, people would say car. Car, and then you uh-huh. pick up the net, move it aside, and then put it back. And that's where they... I think they probably do say that in,
3: in Wayne's World, too. I think they do. So that's a, that's a definitely a cultural difference, because uh, the only hockey I played was field hockey. And that was in elementary school during physical education class or recess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could say something incorrect, but I won't. I'm mean, from the
3: United States and <laughs> Texas in particular. So we, we played a lot of football in the streets. Texas, Texas yeah.
0: uh, field hockey. Hmm. Interesting. So, speaking of cars... Anyway... <laughs> Uh, I noticed a couple of things, and I put them on here for as follow-up uh, about something we've talked about in the past, and who wants to take the lead on this one? Mark does. Mark. Mark, how about uh, you?
1: I don't I have too much knowledge about this, except that uh Well, it's in Apple California. Has, yeah, right. <laughs> You're in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Apple's apparently had some meetings with the state-level DMV, Department of Motor, Motor Vehicles, uh, working out what's, what it would take to to build a car, I guess. Uh, and put and, one on the road, yeah. And put one on the road. And apparently there's now a, uh, a projected release date of 2019 for six wow. Cars. And uh, Apple currently has, apparently, this is, was kind of surprised when I saw this, currently has a team of about 600 people working on this thing. Wow. Roughly 50 of them were recruited from Tesla, if according to one article. Uh, and they now have the the red light or the go, or the green light rather uh, to the go ahead to expand that team to about eighteen hundred people True. in order to get the yeah triple two in order to get the car out the out the door in, in, by this two thousand nineteen release date, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I, I still I always kind of thought that yeah they're probably going to work on this thing and it's going to be years and years away before anything ever happens. But two thousand nineteen is not that far away.
2: Now, this article in Mashable does express uh, some doubt as to whether that will actually happen or not. Um, some of the team members that are quoted, of course, everybody's anonymous, but uh, they say that they they themselves are not sure they can hit that date. You know, which yeah. you know, let's face it, <laughs> it's an ambitious date. Well, I, uh,
0: how, how does that compare to Jaime's projection of what, what was your estimation there, Jaime, for your four four ninety nine
3: ninety nine ninety nine car? I want to say 2020. We'd have to go back to the actual episode.
2: But it's, a, it's a year earlier than I thought because I think we just said, "Oh, five years from this year." Just mm. 2015. Actually, this Mashable article is not the original. Um, it's uh, in, in the Wall Street Journal, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that did the original reporting, and so this Mashable article does not have that uh, particular quote. Yes, here. There's a link in the Mashable article to the Wall Street Journal article. Oh, look, there's a pop-up in front
0: of the Wall Street Journal ad that I want to, and I have to click or sign in to read the story.
2: What, um, you know, with Wall Street Journal, you know how they have the paywall? Yeah, yeah. Um, Are are you aware of the Google hack in order to get around that?
0: No, is there such a thing?
2: Yeah, take, get the headline, which you can see, and then uh, do a Google search for that headline, and the article will be the first hit. Um, And then from Google, click that link, and then you'll get the full article. Really? Yeah. I have no way to that. link to it directly. I'm looking at the article now, and I'm trying to find that particular line. The 2019 target is ambitious. Building a car is complex, even more so for a company without any experience. It would still have to undergo a litany of tests before it could clear regulatory hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's actually backing off a bit, because here it says, in, par- in Apple parlance, a ship date doesn't necessarily mean the date that customers receive a new product. Right. It can also mean the date the engineers sign off on the product's final features. It isn't uncommon for a project of this size and complexity to miss ship date deadlines. People familiar with the project said there is skepticism within the team that 2019 target's achievable. They're, they're shooting for 19, but, you know, it could slip. Just like the Apple TV, you know, they were shooting for 2012, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 whoops! <laughs> uh, that didn't happen. And so, but of course, Q, now that we have 2019, by the time, you know, that arrives, um, you're going to be seeing all the headlines, right? Apple laid on car. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple's screwing up. Car's not going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. People complaining about the quality of the space gray on the car. Oh, I can't wait to have
2: those discussions. the yeah. like rose gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting. You know, and the other thing I like about this article is that it, it clears up a lot of the questions that I think I had about. Um, Sort of the two vectors, right? Like, will it be a gas car? No way. It's going to be an electric car. It has to be. Okay? Okay. We're we're clear on that, and this article confirms that. But the other question is, autonomous or Mm human-driven? And it seemed just super unlikely that Apple would both go electric and autonomous. Um, And this article confirms that as well, that while autonomous driving is certainly on the roadmap, um, this is going to be driven by peoples. So... And that makes sense. So uh, it seems pretty clear. Now, having put all that together, we've got like an electric car that you're going to drive yourself. So it's, um, you know, think of like what Tesla's doing today with its Model S. Um, and imagine Apple's version of that. What, what do you think will be the differentiating factors for an Apple
1: car? Like, will it just look cool? <laughs> no, I'm, st- I'm sticking with my original prediction, which was six months ago. That they're gonna make the the little miniature smart car cool. <laughs>
3: hmm.
1: I, I'm I'm serious about that. I don't think they're gonna go up against Tesla, which is the high power sports car, very expensive. They're gonna make the 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 auto the, the cool. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna <laughs> there's. I mean, around here at least, uh, I don't know if you guys have them, but around here you see a lot of these little tiny cars. Sure, yeah, we have, especially them. up in in San Francisco. Uh, and you know, they're quirky and they're cute, and, but they're not. They're not really cool. Uh you're making sort of a, a statement if you're driving one. Right. That, that yeah. you're kinda of quirky. Mm, but kind Apple of. could Apple could turn that around and and make it into a a real thing that everybody does. So and you're thinking
2: would, of like a smart car, like the Ford? Yeah, exactly. Um exactly. and the mini? Yep. Yep. The, um, yeah. Oh no,
1: these are even smaller than than like the mini or, or, or any of those. These are these are tiny little things. Like little two models. seaters. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> sure who makes them. Let me let me do a web search here.
3: Yes. Um smart is, is a car, car to go? BMW. I think is one of the services that you can do. Yeah, here they, the they use here. the Mercedes Smart
2: car for those. Yeah, pure. Yeah. And those cars aren't cheap, yeah. you know. So like, maybe if if Mark's right, then you know you can imagine Apple coming in with a a very cool looking two seater that's yep. like forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Which would enrage me, but okay. With <laughs> only sixteen gig. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> And They only come in three colors, mm-hmm. but they've got a big Apple logo on the door.
0: Right, and you can get them with Hermes
2: seating, Hermes leather seats. That would I would just I think we've talked about this before, but I would just be so furious if Apple came out with a car that couldn't meet my needs, you know, like and I, I need. an arm and a leg. And costs in a in a, a bundle, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would just really totally piss me off. And but of course, if they open an app store for it, I gotta get one, right?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now it's a business expense, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, that's
1: that's a good question. Will we, will we be able to develop apps for these
2: things? Like in a car play scenario, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Start thinking about that now. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I can tell you about my Apple TV experiences so far. or I can tell you oh, about re- wrestling can you? with
1: ATS.
3: Can, and, can you? So you, I... Tim, you actually are using it. So unlike what seems to be everybody else and their brother you're not yeah. selling yours on ebay
0: no 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 leaping yeah. the
3: 148 dollar profit
0: yeah there was some. well no there was somebody i think somebody listed with episode for 500 the other day right Have yeah, people been actually selling them oh of Tons course of people, i mean because no, i mean i mean it was only actually, a dollar actually for me. going through going through the sale right so well i can i i and i yeah i don't know what i can tell you about it um well, I can tell you this. I mean, you, you can probably experience this yourself, but I, as you know, I use a MacBook Air, and I have a 24-inch monitor, right? And the, the storyboards are 1024 high by 1980 wide, right? In other words, I cannot see the storyboard, the full storyboard on my computer, on my screen, it's so big right um, so that's that 's a challenge when you 're trying to lay something out for one thing. Um, I did download the, um, the they have a sample app of of controls and stuff like that for and I and I loaded it up onto
3: the Apple TV to see what what, what that looked like. Um, what I'm hearing is that if you want to be an Apple TV developer, it's probably worth the business expense to get a 5K iMac. Right? Oh
0: yeah, you definitely you definitely need a bigger bigger. Oh the the UI kit catalog they they produced one for for. There's not much documentation yet for how to layout or design or do this stuff, but Apple's got a couple of um, sample code apps. One is called UI Kit Catalog, which is, you know, the buttons and the, has an example of a tab bar app and, it, you know, it has some table views and, and you can click on alerts and see what those look like and what forms are like for entering text and stuff like that on the Apple TV and how to lay those out. Um, and then they have another app, which is uh, sort of, they call it a cross-platform app. It's a Mac OS 10 iOS and Apple TV game called demo bots that uh, that you can basically uh, play around with as well uh, to sort of get a f- feel for, for how the apps run. But the UI kit catalog, I loaded it up on my Apple TV this, after, this afternoon to have a look at it on the screen and play around with it and see what, you know, because I'm you know thinking about doing some some stuff and just trying to get a sense of what the UI can do for me, right? So, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Wait, Tim, did you get one of these $1 Apple TVs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even hear about this. Oh, yeah, well, you... You have to listen have, to the, the show. Nice yeah,
0: yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I entered the lottery and I got one. So um, yeah, I figured you know I, I wanted to have a look at it. and It was only a buck, so I figured, what the hell, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, and
1: uh, I, I didn't even have the chance to enter the lottery on this one.
0: That's you were just you missed the whole window, or I the,
1: no? I never got the email. I don't uh, believe there was an
0: email. No, it no was there just, was uh, oh, 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 there was no email. No, you literally had you had from the the date was announced to Friday or something like that to to enter the the lottery so yeah
1: ah, okay That's
0: yeah. And, of, and all of all the people i don't know how many i think there's maybe a couple of people in the taco group have got one aaron did you see in the tweets yeah. and stuff but, yeah uh, definitely a few yeah so i got one and you know so no so as far as i'm concerned this is the more than just code podcast uh, apple tv
2: box so <laughs> in the sense that the more than just code podcast is you
0: yeah. Well, or you know, and if you want to borrow it, you could. I could certainly wipe it and let you try it out. And if you wanted, to, if you were crazy enough to put, try and put magpie on there, you know.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I've actually. Um <laughs> I'm not going to make any product announcements here, but I'm not uh, not feeling as warm towards uh, putting Magpie on the Apple TV right at the moment here.
0: Yeah, we have we have a couple of ideas for for some apps. So we've got a couple of customers that that want to want to try it out. So at least have some ideas, but you know, yeah, sort of very early stages in terms of what they're thinking and trying to figure out what it is i mean the fact that we do we do a lot of um native apps like we were talking about earlier where we build you know web views and we load up content from servers and stuff like that and since we can't do that in a web view on apple tv that's kind of a kind of a challenge for us we have to sort of find you know do it the other way so it's an interesting experience like just playing around with that i mean the, the major frustration for me is I mean, yeah like like jaime said you you need to get a 4k display or a 5K iMac to basically really play around with it, to be able to see the whole thing. Cause, and again, the other pet peeve of mine, of course, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, is that it sure would be nice if we could shrink the storyboard down to 50% and still be able to play with the UI, you know? It's really I thought that was a feature yeah. in uh, Xcode 7. I, I, can zo- I can zoom out, but I can't drag, I tried dragging a label on, I couldn't do that earlier today, so... Hmm. Hmm. I mean, you can probably do the preview, the the on-screen preview of what the UI is going to look like, that kind of stuff. You know, the pre- the view debugging stuff like that you can do. But uh,
2: yeah, but no, I thought I thought that was one of the features. I don't know if <laughs> I'd tried it, but um. mm-hmm.
1: along those lines, has anyone has anyone tried out the new storyboard references yet?
2: No, but the,
1: I'm absolutely loving them. They're great.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the, some of the sample apps that I was just talking about have have them built in because they've got a lot of lot of content in them. So. Yep so they've got the uh, so how do they work you basically you build you have cuz the way it's the way they've organized the project they've got like you know view, a bunch of view controllers and they'll have a storyboard for that particular set of views and so you create a master main storyboard and then you, you it looks like a like a like a segue kind of thing that goes to uh, another storyboard right
1: yeah yeah and so i started with a a pretty complicated storyboard It yeah. was all all one big storyboard with you know lots and lots of view controllers and yeah. lots of scenes rather so the refactoring tool that's that's built in just just kind of works for the most part. Wow! You you drag and you drag a, a box around the set of of screens or scenes that you want right. to refactor. Yep. And you just you know select the refactor tab in the menu and and give a name for the new storyboard. It creates it and it sticks in all these references, which are yeah, like you said, they're just little boxes that segues go to mm-hmm. uh, where the the old scene would have been. It just replaces it with this. There's one little thing that, that uh, you've got to be careful about in that uh, it, for some reason, will give both the reference box and the actual scene the same storyboard ID in some cases. Oh. Uh, so if you're referencing the same scene from two other different storyboards, it won't compile because it hmm. it's, it doesn't know, you know, which uh, which storyboard ID you're talking about. But it's really it's really it's a really easy fix. You just change the storyboard ID and on one of them and you're fine. So that's the one little bug in the uh, in the refactoring tool that I found, but otherwise it just it just seems to work perfectly.
0: So is this this is available to users in Xcode 6 as well as 7 or is it only a 7? No, it's
1: it's only in Xcode 7, but of course it's backward compatible to iOS 8. Um, oh, okay. It because it's a it's just a tool thing. It's not a it's not a build library thing.
0: So, but if you if you went into Xcode seven and, and split up your storyboard and then went back to X, or Xcode six, could you? Oh
1: yeah, years? no, you can't. You can't you do, can do that. Do, that you, right? you can't do that. You never can.
3: You never can. Yeah, I've had to do that painful dance when playing. I, I think the worst one was going from Xcode four, which was in the App Store at the time, and trying out the the then beta versions of Xcode five, and it was a nightmare. When one of my other teammates committed Mm -hmm. something in and i couldn't open I was like what the hell is going on i I had to go ask him i was like wait you changed this story or sorry not this nib it wasn't even a storyboard what is this stuff up here I was like wait a minute that says xcode 5 on it that's not good Mm -hmm. revert this change be careful with that stuff yeah
2: yeah
0: Yeah, this time of year terrifies me (laughs) yeah have you guys had any fun playing with uh app transport security yet
1: yes
0: (laughs) yeah i just i just went through that uh challenge today or last couple of days um had to had to update our some things on our server to get it to work properly. What was your experience? Yeah,
1: well, I I did a lot. I, I sort of have been forced to do a lot with the exceptions. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I have servers that aren't going to change anytime soon. Sure. That I have to that I have to hit against. Uh, and you know it, it works fine once you figure it all out and figure yeah. out you know all of the, the different uh, uh, domains you have to you actually have to include. Mm-hmm. One thing that's kind of funny is the the. The keys in the plist are have changed over time from mm-hmm. some of the early documentation to what's what they accept now. So, oh really? Yeah, uh, you got to be a little careful of that. Yeah, like there's a key. Uh, I forget exactly the, the name of it, but it just says exception blah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> what you actually have to use is temporary exception blah.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And once uh, once you
1: figure that out, it, it works okay.
0: Yeah, so what I had to do was I, I was curious because you know I, I, now that I had Xcode seven on here, I wanted to see what would happen with our current app because we we do currently use you know um, HTTPS and TLS to connect connect to our main API server, but we also do a lot of third party content in it. So I wanted to see what would happen, and so I turned it on, and of course you know uh, it immediately failed because our TLS on our server was. Um one 0, not one point two, so we had to go in and, and update the server to get you know up the up, update its open s s l to support that. Because, yeah. um, I mean, most of the solutions on the web right now are, are override everything and just, just turn it all off. Well, if you, right. if you opt out of it, you're kind of defeating the purpose of it, right? Right, right. Um, But so what, what we did today was, uh, so we, we set up the server, got it running and everything like that, but then we realized, okay, but we have a whole bunch of web views that go to anonymous servers that we don't know. Like, you know, pe- we have a couple of web browsers in the app that people could navigate to wherever they want, really, right? Right. Um, so we yeah. had to... Um, Allow arbitrary loads, which is the the boolean that checks for whether or not you're going to have it turned on and off, and then we had to specifically name our server as one that that requires uh, the TLS to uh, to work properly. So, and then you know the the ciphers weren't quite what Apple wants. Apple's pretty stringent about the ciphers, but there's another way to to accept the more standard ciphers that you can use. It's it's a bit a bit of a pain, but yeah, there's only there's a couple of blogs. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes to a couple of blogs that helped me out figure that out, but uh,
1: the debugging is a little bit painful too because uh, it will give you a message in the, con- <laughs> the console saying that you're trying to access something that was blocked. Yeah. But it, but it won't tell you what. Yeah. Uh, there is this uh, diagnostic you can do. You can turn on by just you just you just put a call in your in your app delegate mm-hmm. that will create a, a log file that that will it's actually that's actually kind of interesting. Oh, okay, cool. it creates a log file of of everything that uh every every network activity that the app attempts to do um, and uh the, the, they actually talked about this at in one of the w w d c sessions I can get a link to that.
0: Uh, was it the one the, the, the video it, about Apple Transport Security? And it was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I watched the beginning of that because I had to solve this problem. I'll put it, I'll, I'll find right. it and put a link to the show notes because that's something yeah. that'd be something I'd be curious to do in my app to sort of know where, where it's going. I mean, I tried right. running the Charles proxy, but then it was giving it wasn't very clear as to what was failing and what was working and yeah. stuff like that too. Yeah. Well, no, yeah.
1: The, the diagnostic file is not exactly easy to wade through no, and course, find out yeah. useful information out of. Yeah, but the information is there if you if you are, are really stuck and can't figure out what's going on.
0: Well, I, I mean, I talked to a couple of people. Uh, one guy who works for a major retailer in the states, and and he was saying that they had the same problem with their apps, and they just for the time yeah. being they just turned it off and worked around it, right? But yeah, but yeah. you know, they're they're a case where they should have it, right? So right, right, you know, so.
3: Hmm. As a temporary solution, right? So you can imagine that next year with iOS 10, Apple yeah. will say, hey, guess what? You can't yeah. submit apps unless yeah. they completely exactly.
1: conform to this. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah but how you possible can, maybe... can that be? If, you're, if your app is going to be able to load arbitrary pages, you can't know, right?
3: Well, I would ask the question because what happens? So Tim, I would guess that you're probably using WK WebView, right? And not Safari View Controller?
0: I'm um, actually even earlier than that. I'm using the old the web UI, kit, WebKit. WebKit. We, UI WebKit, UI yeah, WebKit, and WebKit. Yeah, yeah I'm using both. So that's
3: what I would bet would be Apple's, yeah. you know, good yeah. intention but somewhat cold-hearted yeah. answers. Like, hey, it sucks to be you. Use Safari View Controller.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what it's there for. Well, so so what I had to do but, in, in my case because, like, you know, so first of all, I had to add in, I had to opt into it with with my server and again update my server, right, and and make sure I was using the forward security and all that kind of stuff. But then I also realized that. I had to create an exception for every other server in the world first, and then, but then for the private user data that we want to have encrypted and we want to know is encrypted, then that one we we basically set it up to to specifically name that server and put those exceptions in to force it to use the app transport security. Do you follow me?
2: Of course. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think there there has to be a way to to load arbitrary web views. Yes. Um, to load arbitrary servers there have to be
0: yeah
2: um and that I can't imagine Apple pulling that away I can imagine them deprecating UI web view out of existence sure uh but not that not that
1: yeah but this isn't a a web view issue i mean this, no, this happens it's not. with yeah anything any us nsuro connection or session yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, I first discovered it when I just literally wanted to go get a, an image from or a P List from it was actually on another app. Actually, it actually wasn't wasn't my main app, it was another another client app that I was working with. And in that case there I go get a P list from the server and, and load up a list of streams, right? It's an audio playing app. And um, as soon I just wanted to run it in iOS nine to find out what was you know what what the challenges were, what I need to update on it, what I need to talk to the client about, right? Um, and that's when I first discovered this this uh, ATS thing is, is kind of all encompassing. So,
1: yeah, I even found that uh, the SDK for one of the uh, extremely large social networking uh, you know connecting login mm-hmm. sites, mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you know who I'm referring mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. requires you to go to your plist and enter a whole bunch of, of exceptions. Oh, really? To, to use the SDK? Oh, yep. Man, you're kidding me. Yep. Nope. Oh, Why aren't head. you
2: saying their name?
1: All right, it's Facebook. <laughs> Of course, it's Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's Facebook. Yeah, I remember seeing their bags.
3: <laughs> I remember seeing their their blog posts that that covered yep. a whole bunch um, of exceptions. Yeah, I was under the impression that they were working with Apple to see if they could get that reduced yeah. in some way. Well, Google well, Analytics. <coughs> as of last researched.
1: week, they have not gotten that reduced. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: I was going to say Google Analytics
0: was 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 a uh, problem last year with with um, 64-bit code. Um, they they hadn't gotten up to speed quickly enough, but, uh, I'm currently using Facebook and, and, uh, oh, I guess I am, but I'm not using it for login. I'm using it for analytics. Right. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah. All- From
3: a user standpoint, when I upgraded to iOS nine, it's a little annoying when you use the, um, the way that they handle the whole, like wanting to open another URL. So for deep linking purposes, Yeah, which something like a Facebook or a Twitter login stuff would do, You'd end up with this weird little dance of tap a login button. It's a, this app is trying to open up Facebook. Okay, yeah. yes, allow it. Then you go to Facebook, it does its little dance. You do the accept. And you hit the button and it says, Facebook is trying to open this app. You know, the, <laughs> the other app. It's like, yes, allow that too. For wow. heaven's sake, like, this is annoying. Yeah, so I'm not sure if that's because those apps had not yet been updated to have the right kind of exceptions or if that's something that... Um, it's kind of expected going forward. Like I haven't tried it with other apps, that, uh, like brand-new apps that use logins, social logins.
0: Well, that was my so fun with ATS to, today, so I'm sure people will come across that as they go through the, the days of getting ready for iOS 9. So,
2: Yeah, to my mind, it's, uh, it's, it's a much different issue depending on what your app does, of course. Yes, of so, course, yeah. Um, a lot of apps uh, just speak to a single web service and do not do arbitrary web page loading or web content loading of any kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so the app developer might have control over their own application server, and they can readily uh, install SSL on it <laughs> or improve sure. it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to be an issue. The The issue yeah. is... And in a case like
1: that, they absolutely should be using oh, Of course. CLS. Absolutely.
2: Yes. Yep. Um, but when when you get out to like doing arbitrary things on the internet, um, like Magpie, Magpie, I have to uh, open it wide open mm-hmm. because I'm talking to any kind of server out on there, right? right. In order to get your videos, mm. uh, so like ATS is simply a no go.
3: Yeah, for that app for sure. Yeah. Oh, look at this: the Facebook SDK for iOS nine. Way down there at the bottom, the FAQ: Why do I see a wants to open Facebook alert dialog? Yep, that that was annoying to me. So yep. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, Apple ends up changing that because I don't I don't think that's a good thing. And then, is BitCode supported? At the time I last looked at this, maybe a month ago, oh, yeah, BitCode was not supported. It looks like version four point six and version three point two four of the SDK support Bitcoin. Why do we have two versions?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was All wondering right. about that myself.
2: Facebook. Yeah.
3: So I will speak to this because yeah. you you raised a good question there, Aaron. So why why are there two different versions? And it's because version 3 and version four are completely incompatible naturally right so <laughs> I guess they could have said hey it sucks to be you you got to use version four of the SDK but well, that's probably not realistic for apps that are still stuck in the
1: 3.x SDK actually it's a good point so and I have to give Facebook some credit here uh, that in the move to version four they finally upgraded the the all the uh, the connecting APIs to use blocks instead of the old delegate methods that they had that were really kind of hokey and uh, didn't play too well with the fact that the app was switching to, you know, to the Facebook app and then switching back and then things, you know, things would get lost, sometimes the delegates wouldn't get called or it was hard to, hard to you know, keep track of the state and it's now much, much, much easier with the, with the block based methods. So right. that's a reason for moving to version four, but, but yeah, if you have all that already implemented using version three, you might not want to switch.
3: Yeah. I remember version three had the, uh, the, the weird delegate retain thing. Yeah. Right. That was like, Hey, this thing would be called every time. It's like, what? No.
1: Right. That good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And working around that was hard.
2: Yep. There's one more thing here on this list. You want to talk about, um, the iOS nine uptake. Yeah, we talked you about
0: that while you were, while you oh, were you? occupied. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, what something. did you want to say about it? I can work it in. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, it. I, I have to say, you know, um, I'm really liking multitasking. I, I hadn't really played with my iPad very much, but in the last couple of days, obviously, a bunch of iOS 9 apps have been released, and, um, you know, things like Slack and Twitter and whatever. And so, you know, as we were talking about last week, we're, you know, on my, and I think Jaime and I were talking about it too yesterday, because you have an Air 2, right, Jaime?
3: I do. And yeah. I'm loving the, the updates. Every app that updates. And within the past two days, so yesterday and today, yeah. there's been probably 20 apps that I use that updated for iOS 9 and or um, watchOS 2. Right. And in some cases, some of those iOS 9s are supporting the new 3D Touch stuff for the 6 and 6, or 6S and 6 Plus, S Plus. Mm-hmm. Me. Cool. cool.
0: That was quick. Um, well, because w- what I like about it is, is if you if you had a pair of apps open that support multitasking, and you go to one that doesn't, like a video app that I may name, but if you so if you go to an app that doesn't doesn't support it, and then you switch back to one that does, it automatically, even though what you had on the right pane isn't, you, it always opens to the, the new app you're going to open into the left pane, but it reopens that that uh, secondary app so if you had it set to you know a, a, a third a th- thirds of a screen or half a screen or whatever um and you go to an app that supports the multitasking it automatically just opens everything back up the way it was and it's kind of cool switch back are you talking
2: forth. about magpie there tim was that was that a um,
0: dig yeah okay well i yeah. was i was hoping because i saw okay. i saw an update go by the other day and i i loaded it and i thought perhaps you know you had uh, you had added in uh, multitasking in there so no,
2: there was there was no update. Uh, but uh, Magpie 1.5 is in review or waiting for review now. Cool. All right, and that will bring full iOS 9 support. Cool. So I'm just waiting for Apple to get done with it.
0: All righty, then that sounds cool. All right, so let's go around the table like we usually do and see if we have anybody has any picks, and we'll stop at Aaron and see if Aaron has a pick. I Aaron? don't have one. No, don't have a pick. mm Hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do your pick for you i'll do I'll do your pick for you I decided I, I was reading the other day about um reverse crown where you basically you put your uh, watch on with the button uh, facing up your arm on the
3: left and on the bottom and so that's <laughs> assuming that you are right-handed and tend to use your watch on your left hand
0: yes exactly yeah yeah so yep. one of the complaints that I had from a left-handed family member of mine was he was like really annoyed that Apple hadn't come out with a right handed model of the of the the watch, but I have found that with the with the buttons the way they, they normally are on the on the outward facing towards your hand um, a lot of times i 'm picking up stuff and I end up taking screenshots of my watch all the time because i 'm using my hands and the way I bend my wrist, it automatically pushes the two buttons in so that 's one thing that 's kind of kind of annoying, but I find it easier to to manipulate the phone or the watch with my thumb than with my index finger so Wearing it on my left wrist with the with the the, the crown down towards me um, is much much easier to work with. So I don't know if you guys have tried that out or not, but I think if you're yeah, uh... I
2: tried it for a few days um, a while back, and uh, it just didn't stick. I couldn't. I wanted to like it, but for some reason, I just didn't find that the grip was working for me. Um, I find I actually use the crown to rotate quite often, and so having the crown on the inside mm-hmm. is uh, makes it less. It's harder to rotate the crown when really? you're using your thumb on it. Yeah, like, just try it. You well, know, no, no, I, like,
0: I, I kind of put my, my other finger, my free finger on the, on the outward side, so I'm sort of pinching the phone between the two fingers, right? So.
2: And is it your thumb that's pushing the crown? Like, rotating the crown? Yeah,
0: yeah, and rotating the crown, yeah.
2: Yeah, see, I, I find that difficult to do. Well, um, I find it, so. it difficult to do the other way, so... There you go. I think it has okay.
3: something to do with the shape of people's hands or something, because yeah. I'd have to say that I, I prefer, so I have tried both I do prefer using just my index finger on the, having the crown on the outside, so facing towards my fingers mm-hmm. um, yep. I have tried the other way, and, and other folks seem to be better with their thumb uh, I also do not I never have accidentally triggered the <laughs> screenshotting feature, so I don't I don't know, like just people's bodies are different I guess, like yeah. this is a foreign concept to me
0: no, I have I have hundreds of pictures of my watch face, so.
2: Wow! Yeah, I've never done that. I have zero.
0: I guess. Also, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Anyway, so that's that's Aaron's pick. Um, no, it isn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's my pick, Tim?
0: I have no idea. Oh, your, yeah. pick, multi, your pick is multitasking. How awesome! Yeah, it tell it Mark oh, okay, something yeah. that he hates.
3: <laughs> so, Jaime, do you have a pick? I do have a pick, All right. and it's a. Um, an app that's available on the Mac app store. It's called shush. And if you've ever had to deal with the microphone and like, for me, I happen to use a blue Yeti when I'm recording this podcast and the physical hardware microphone mute is terrible. Uh, as Tim can attest to, it makes a chunk sound that's, that's you know, listenable on the audio and just is terrible. And this is actually a nice little uh, menu bar app that you can have. Uh, it's pretty simple. If you wanted to mute the microphone, you can choose a hotkey. By default, it's the function key. Sure. So you can just press it. And it, it goes into two different modes. So you can have it to be, you know, microphone is continuously on, and you have a cough button. You just hold the function key and, you know, cough, 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 or sneeze, or do whatever. You oh, like adjust your desk.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: And it silences. Or if you're a little bit more... Uh, conservative with things, you can put it in reverse mode, which is microphone is muted, and you have to hold down the function key to turn the microphone on. It's hmm. fantastic. It's 4.99 US in the Mac App Store, so I highly recommend it if folks are doing this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that the, that that isn't sort of a built-in feature because I, I used to use dictation software like Mac Dictate, and you you could turn the dictation on and off with a with a software key or by or by clicking an icon. Yeah, now that you mention, that, I'm surprised that you haven't been able to do that with uh, up till now. But now you can because you can get Shush, so that's awesome. And I can use the the uh, money I got back from Marco to buy it. You can use that to fund it. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> pay it forward. <laughs> exactly. No, Marco doesn't want our money.
1: Let's give it to this guy. <laughs> so, by the way, has anyone tried any of the other uh, content blocking apps that are out there, like Purify or, or Crystal? Has anyone tried those? I haven't. No. I have not.
3: I'm waiting for uh, folks... To, uh, so I'm continuing to use Peace because it still happens to work and yeah. will be updated for a few more weeks probably uh, for the, the blocking database. I think once I notice that it's no longer blocking ads as I wanted to, I'll probably switch over to either Crystal or Purify or or maybe you, listener out there, might make the next number one paid <laughs> app on the mm-hmm. App Store. Yeah. Well, let us know. We'll promote it. Um
0: yeah, I thought that because it was using the ghostry uh, libraries that it would it would automatically keep itself up to date in that respect, right? I guess it won't keep up with, with iOS's and, and uh you know app transport securities and all those kind of nonsenses, right, as we go forward.
3: And I think it was um I think Marco had licensed um, you know, basically like the index from ghostry yeah. so it wasn't i don't think it was going to ghostry directly i think it was going to his servers and oh. I'm not privy to whatever licensing agreement he has but assuming let's just say arbitrarily it goes for two more months mm-hmm. and then his stuff will be out of date and ghostry unless they're doing it out of the bottom of their heart wouldn't have any real interest in continuing to update his uh his licensed copy right right hmm.
2: Hmm. I, I would love to know that for sure, like exactly how that works and at what point it's going to stop being as useful.
0: He did mention it somewhere uh, in some article that I read, but I wasn't sure if it's one we have linked in the post in the show notes currently.
2: No, he, he didn't talk in much detail about that in his article that he posted. Yeah, um, no,
0: I did, I did see some follow up about, about the mechanism. I'll see if I can find it and link it up or whatever. I, I really don't have a pick, too, because I kind of sort of wasted mine on Aaron. But I want to go back to Jaime. Jaime you, po- you, well, you pointed You wasted
2: out, it all right. You pointed out. Uh, <laughs> Donated. Charitably. You pointed
0: out that that uh, um, Aaron's pick of uh, the Mac uh, UI um, mock-up app, which I can, can't remember. Principal, I think Pr- it's called? Oh, yes.
3: Uh, in, on Twitter, yes. Yeah, so yes. Wh- apparently so Apparently, Aaron <laughs> knows how to pick them. He's, he's got winners here, folks. Mm-hmm. So Boom. Boom. What can you say about that specifically? What can I say? Well it was um gosh, I can't remember who so somebody out there in yeah. the UX UI design world was like, Hey, here's why Principle, the is awesome. um, yeah, prototyping yeah. app yeah. for Mac is is awesome. And and they did a pretty good job of of showing how they have sort of like a like a Twitter or Facebook or other social media feed mock up that they made and instead it took them, you know, like thirty minutes and espouse the virtues of the fact that it's very um, you know Adobe flash-like in terms of the tool set that you use that has a timeline of animations and so forth. Mhm So who knows? Uh, in this article they compared it to Pixate, one of the other you know hot tools out there that UX designers use. We'll see. There's just tons of these tools cropping up all the time, but you know this one seems like it could be here for the long haul.
0: Yeah, I have the article here because you, you linked it uh, to more than just code podcast account. It's um, from the Atlantis on by Dmitry Goncharov.
3: Oh yes. Yes. They're uh they're like an agency. They've, they've done tons of really cool stuff for mm-hmm. uh, different clients and they, they blog a lot and they put a lot out on GitHub that, you know, they say, Hey, look, we made this animation for iOS. we made this other animation for Android and they mm-hmm. open source them uh, all the time. And, they do blog articles about how they went about implementing that sort of thing. So probably how they came across in my attention. Yeah, yeah. Aaron knows how to pick the winners, so I'd have to say here that just because we're we're a little shy on picks. So some time <laughs> ago, Aaron picked um, Unclutter for the Mac, and uh, I still continue to use oh, it yeah. to this day, yep. and I love it. So it's an app that is another Mac app that uh, plugs in. It gives it's, so the things that I happen to use. I don't use the clipboard manager piece too much, I use the little notes piece, mm-hmm. I want to like quickly throw some notes together for an app release, or maybe I've got a couple of links that I want to hang on to and collate into something more sensible, and also the file transfer stuff, right, so if you're you know, moving DSIMs around, or moving, you know collecting app store screenshots or something it's mm-hmm. great for that sort of thing cool. and fairly recently updated, so now it has the all important dark mode which you can set in preferences <laughs> so it doesn't burn my eyes
2: Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome sauce.
3: All right,
0: boys. I guess we'll uh, try again next week, and then uh, we'll say goodbye. So, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Go to Twitter, at Vay, or check out magpievideo.com. And Jaime, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? On Twitter, as at Hair. And Mark, if people just wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that?
1: Mark R. at com.
0: All right. Once again, I'm Tim Mitra on Twitter, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, and in Toronto, Ontario, and and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find the summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about and links to the apps on the app store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on Patreon.com. Thanks again for listening.
3: I'm not sure LA is that much safer from uh, falling into the ocean than Seattle is, right? So. It is way no, safer. No, you should
2: have read the no. article. The article that I'm all worried about <laughs> says that the San Andreas Fault is fine. That's not the one you got to worry about. The one that where you're living, that's the one you got to worry about.
0: So was that article published in TV Guide or
2: something like that, Aaron? <sighs> Tim, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Yes, I know. Anyway, it was it was a reals for realsies article, man. For realsies. Mm-hmm. For realsies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I'm worried. I'm worried for you, man. Like right now, or do you want to do the intro? Yeah,
0: because because well, here. I mean, I did get some feedback from one of our one of our listeners this week about. He uh, sent me a message on I think it was on Twitter saying that you know the piece is no longer on the App Store, and I sort of said yeah you know we're aware of that and we'll we'll do a bit of a follow up. So let's let's talk about that for a few minutes. I think I cut the Apple TV stuff out of last week's episode, didn't I? No. The lack, no, of, we web, the lack of web view. No, we talked about it, but I didn't put it in the episode. Hmm. I. I, I there's like. 15, well, we were long. We were over two hours
1: last week, so I had to cut quite a bit out. But but uh, this year, it doesn't look like it's that way. It's very nice. So where'd you put that link, uh, Jaime? I didn't put... Oh, was that not your link? Sorry. No, that was that. my... I, I put the link there.
3: I just oh, put okay, it right sorry. under
0: your link. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's being weird or whatever, but... Uh, it's okay. I'm trying to click on it. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Mine, mine's not loading up for some reason. Hmm.
3: Yours, Tim, was the gadget link?
0: Yeah, no, I'm trying to do the Mixpanel one. It's the one I went to. I'm getting, like, uh, maybe Ghost Reef blocking something it needs.
3: Well, Mixpanel okay. does do analytics, and for all I know, maybe they block every little thing that comes from Mixpanel. You might have to have that as a, an exception.
0: Here, I'll whitelist them for now, and then we'll see what happens. Reload. Yep, that must have been it. Funny. Must be must be Google stuff. Oh I see the two lines are coming together. Looks like seven forty seven jet or Concorde. That was a joke. All right. <laughs> okay. You guys got more quiet there for
2: a minute.